Good morning. morning. Welcome to Mercy Hill Church this morning. Uh, Today is a very special uh, day, uh, and so it will be a very different day for us um, than what we typically do. Uh, Today is the last day on our week of um, of fervent prayer. Um, Every single year we take a week at the start of the year in which we emphasize and we press into um, uh, a devotion to prayer as a body of Christ. And so throughout this week, we've had different events where we've had times of prayer and we've um, had opportunities for fasting. Um, and so we come to this day and we see this kind of as the, um, the, the focus, the, where we, we've, we've been heading towards this day to, to, to really focus our hearts and our minds as a congregation in the act of prayer. And, as, and in accordance with that, it's going to be a little bit different today. Uh, so if you're here and this is one of your first times with us or your first time with us, uh, this will be a little bit different. Um, but um, it's a time for us as individuals and as the body of Christ to focus our hearts and minds on the great gift that we've been given by Christ, the ability to go to him in prayer. And so we're going to do that t- together um, this morning. Uh, the, the structure of this morning's service, as I say, is going to be a little bit different. Um, there's three separate topics that we have selected um, as um, leadership that we feel we as a congregation should focus in and pray about. And so um, we will take times to really kind of focus on these three separate ideas. Um, there will be a short message, um, a short teaching, a short sharing on the topic. Um, at, the end of that, at the end of that sharing, um, we're just going to have a, a moment of, of silent prayer and silent reflection. The intention of that time is that we as individuals, where we sit, where we are at together, to just kind of examine our own hearts, invite the Holy Spirit into our own hearts and our own minds to bring conviction, to bring leading, to bring guidance around this particular topic. We'll come together and we'll worship. There'll be a song that we'll sing together in worship. And then we'll do a closing prayer together corporately about that topic. And then we'll move on to the next topic. Someone will come up, they'll share And we'll go through that again. And so this is the direction that we are going to be going this morning. And so what we want to do is we want to invite you to really just kind of prepare your hearts, to open your hearts, to be in a place in which you're willing to receive from what the Holy Spirit has to say to you. Um, So often we in the American church culture can um, be driven very much by uh, hearing words spoken by some guy or somebody up on the platform. What we really want to do today is we really want to be driven, we want to be taught this morning by the Holy Spirit himself, that as we open our hearts up to what he may have to say to us as individuals, and then us as a congregation. And so um, I want to invite you along on this journey. I want you to just open yourself up to what it is he has. Um, I know it's different, but can we do it for one day? Okay, good, good. I'm glad to hear it. You guys are on board with it. So Today, our first uh, topic is a topic I believe that is really important, particularly within our culture and our time. Um, and for us as a church. Um, 17 years ago, I had the privilege of pastoring uh, an international church in the city of Padua. And it is in that place, in those circumstances, that really the vision for Mercy Hill Church was born. Uh, That church was a church of roughly about 120 people from all over the world, 20 different countries. Um, African nations, Eastern European nations, South Africa, the Philippines, all over the world. And it was in that place that I discovered how the shared experience of um, Christ's work on the cross for all, all, all Christians um, transcended color, it transcended culture, and personal preference. Um, 
that, that my primary church experience um, here in America where, where churches are developed and, and, and designed around personal preferences, socioeconomic status, what have you, was not the most beautiful expression of what God had for the church. In fact, even as I say it in that way, I, I think I'm saying it far too kindly. Um, it feels to me as though the expression of church that I've experienced um, was more an affront to what God intended the church to be. I believe that the, the Bible reveals that when we raise our preferences, our wants, our likes in our church expressions above the fellowship that is found in the spirit by the blood of Jesus Christ, we really betray deeply the work of Christ and what he means when he calls us his church. Our first prayer this morning is going to be a prayer of unity. And it seems to me to be an appropriate prayer. And not just because we are living in a time and a culture um, where division and separation um, seem to be our impulsive norm. As we live in our time, if we live in our space, in this age, I think it is easy for all of us to admit the fact that we seem to live in a place in which division is what we turn to. Whenever it's hard, whenever it's difficult, whenever there's conflict, we walk away. Now, I'm not saying that the prayer we're praying today is appropriate simply because of that. I'm saying, I'm saying it's also appropriate because it is a prayer that reflects the cry of Christ's heart for the church. It seems appropriate that we pray for unity as a church in the face of cultural division because Christ prayed for the unity of the church in the midst of a culture of division. The center of Christ's um, pastoral prayer that was recounted in John chapter 17, the prayer that, that Christ prays for his followers, the followers who were there with him at that time and the followers that were to come, um, is a prayer of unity. A, a prayer of unity in light of the state of a, a world that was defined um, by godless culture and a prayer that was prayed in the light of the mission of the church in that culture. Here's his words at the very center of his prayer. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I give to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them, even as you loved me. 
Did you notice how many times Jesus Christ in his prayer pled for the idea that they may be one? That they may be perfectly one, even as we are one. His prayer over and over again in the center of this pastoral prayer is, I want to see us be one. I want to see the church be one. I want to see them be unified. That's the heart's cry of Jesus Christ for us. And I think it's important for us to first realize the setting that that Christ establishes his church in this particular culture, in this particular place. He says, listen, listen, these people are in the world. This church is in the world. My people are in the world, but they're not of this world. And the world he was talking about was one that was at least as marked with the division we see in our world today. As you look at it, there was this, this, this complete fragmentation of the culture there. There were the Romans, there were the Jews, there were the Samaritans, the Gentiles, the slaves, the slave owners, the clean, the unclean. Cultural and socioeconomic divisions were profound. And so what you need to understand about Jesus Christ's prayer is that is particularly why his prayer was important. Why does Christ pray for the unity of the body in the midst of a divisive world? He prays that they are united for the world. Do you hear what he said? He said, the glory you've given me, I've given to them that they may be one even as we are one. In them, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. For what reason? So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as they loved you. We as the church are called by God in Christ to be a people who, who are united. To set aside division based on political preference, based on personal proclivity, based on individual wants and desires. Because when we allow division to fracture the body of Christ, we betray the mission of the church to be Christ's representation here in the broken world. He saved you, he saved me to show forth his nature, to testify to his love, to his mercy, to reveal his power, to show the world his redemptive heart. And he birthed the church, putting us in community so that it might testify to his provision, to his peace, to his community, to his faithfulness. When we allow petty division rooted in personal or or cultural preference to create division, we are unfaithful to his calling to us as members of his one body. Remember the words of Paul in Ephesians 4. There is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and all in all, but with grace given to each one of us. 
We are unified. We are one because of what Christ did in us. When we allow ourselves to be driven by our own preferences, by our own ideas, away from the unity of the body of Christ, we are offensive to Jesus. We offend what he has done. We betray his blood, his sacrifice, his work. We need to commit ourselves to the unity of the body that Christ has called us. And as we go to prayer, we are asking God by his Holy Spirit to convict us of our pettiness, to empower us to push through our offenses, to lead us into how to mend fences and build bonds that will be strengthened for the glory of God and the good of a lost, divided, and dying world. Our prayer is that we may become perfectly one so that the world may, may know that God sent Jesus as an expression of his love for us. May we join together now and pray for the unity of Christ, that that unity would be in this body through the work of the Holy Spirit.